It slices, it dices, it makes all your dreams come true. The Creators Collective provides information not only on woodworking, but metalworking, leather, electronics and more. But that's not all. It also comes with three hosts to answer all your creating questions. Now, listen along as James Wright, Zach Herberholtz and William Walker fumble through answering your questions live each Thursday morning. Listen in now and you can have this amazing podcast for the simple monthly installment of a Patreon subscription. But we're just getting started. And we're back for another exciting episode of the Creators Collective. We are going to be having a good bit of fun here today. It's probably going to be a shorter than normal podcast, but uh, we will see. <laughs> it depends on how much uh, Zach blame, starts talking. I blame William. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, this week, uh, we've got a, a few things. Um, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to be getting any, any Q&A just to try and shorten this up, but we'll see. So if you have any interesting questions you would like to have answered, um, put them in here. If we don't get them this week, I'll try and put them in the list for next week so uh, we can we can hit them then. But uh, let's jump into it. Uh, Zach, what you got going on? Um, let's see. What did I write down? <laughs> there you go. I put you on the spot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wasn't ready for that. <clears throat> Um, catching up with mail. So much forging lately with the uh, blacksmith roses for Valentine's and the uh, 40 key fobs for uh, urbanedc.com, who is actually going, they're selling my uh, key lanyards, the forge lanyards now. So they did a pre order of 40 of them. So between that and the roses, I've been uh, really busy forging. So kind of fun. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I have to start that sculpture for the law firm this week. Um, I just finished up recording a leatherworking video cause I had so many questions and comments on my, uh, Instagram stuff that I did back in December. People asking if I'm going to do a video yeah, I'm looking and, forward document to that and show people how to get into it. So I just got, f- I just finished editing the most boring 40 minute video you will ever watch. It's uh <laughs> wow. It's a how to video. <clears throat> that sounds like something I would do. That is long form. <laughs> it is 40 minutes. Um, and it is boring, but if, if you're, if you really want to learn how to do stuff, it, hopefully the information will be, and I guess it could be interesting if you're interested in learning that sort of stuff. It's just so different from what I normally do. So, so you're actually creating a lot of holes. What do you mean? You said it was boring. Oh, Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) Joke of the week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Boo. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a lot different and you know what? Uh, you know, I've, it's. I've talked about it before, but just I'm trying to one of the one of my goals for 2018 is to not care about YouTube numbers, be it how be it how many views I get or how many subscribers I get. It's just that sucks the fun right out of it. And I want to I want to focus on trying to have trying to be as good to the followers and subscribers that I have versus trying to appeal to more of them. And I I got enough. Like I said, I got enough. Um questions and interest in the leatherworking stuff for people asking me to put out a video explaining things that I decided, you know what, I'm going to do it. So it's, it's totally different than my, my normal videos, but it's got a lot of information. It's just starts out with, it's just how to make a card wallet, like the slim little leather. So I I hear your dog likes the taste of leather. Yeah. Um, it's funny. So Sean, uh, stone, he asked me to make him a wallet and I'm like, Oh sweet. This is perfect. I already have one sitting around. Like I have a couple of them sitting around. Let me know which one you want. So I have uh, two vegetable or some dyed ones. I, I have a, a handful of different ones that I made a while back. And he's like, oh, I like that one. So they're all sitting on my uh, kitchen island. I come back from the shop after a few hours of like 
the three or four of them that are sitting there, guess which one my dog chewed up? Yeah, <laughs> I was pissed. So. Uh, the other, all the other ones are fine. It's just the one that actually sold. Uh, so now I have to make another oh, one. Now. But uh, so yeah, the that video should be out. I have it posted. I just haven't made it public yet because I have to. I'm going to put a link that'll take you to. a I have to make a page on my website that'll show you where you can get all the tools. But it's just a very simple um, introductory video on how to get started in leatherworking. So, and I, I plan on if if people like this one, if it's well received, I'll work into some uh, you know more advanced and, and interesting. Have you gotten? Have projects, you checked out so. Kit.com? Uh, no, mm-hmm. but I keep getting slammed with emails from Kit.com asking me to yeah, sign up. Yeah, so. they do. I've looked into them. And, uh, yeah, it just makes it with Squarespace. I don't, uh, it's not as much of a yeah bonus. It's easier for me to put it, the links in my video description. If I can just say my tools, my camera gear, my whatever, and then people can follow that. Cause I get people, what do you shoot with? What do you, what cameras do you use? What lenses do you use? What audio do you use? What, uh, I've just, uh, on the recent videos, I've just started putting a link to my website. Cause I have all the tools that I use on my website. Yeah, that's what I, I do wanna, too. So if, I mean, not that anybody ever reads the video description anyway, but so I just try and get it on the first line. I can't tell you how many. You dove into the, uh, to the turning rabbit hole I saw on Instagram. Oh my God. Yeah. So I made this thing the other day. uh, (laughs) You guys can see this on the camera. That was my first bowl. What's that turned out of? Um, I don't know. The guy. It's like a cherry. no, the guy, I think the guy that sold it to me said it was like Bishophius or Bishophus or some wood that I've never, ever heard of in my life. And I spent like an hour trying to type in every combination of letters that has those consonants and vowels in them. And I couldn't find anything close. So I don't know if he just made it up or what. Honestly, it looks like some American elm that I've recently seen. It stinks. Oh. I can't elm, describe it. It kind of smells like stink. a toilet. It smells kind of like a toilet cake, like the little cake <laughs> things that they put in the urinal. Uh, the, um, yeah, this uh, elm has some nicknames that refer to urinals. Huh. That could be it. I don't know. It has like that. It almost looks, I mean, it's definitely not poplar, but you see that like greenish blue something going on there. But uh, so, yeah, this is this is the first one. And I know I'm not the kind of person who's ever going to like start a project and like let it dry out for six months and come back and finish it. <laughs> like that's the most, I don't have time for that. So uh, I just turned the sides kind of thick there and that was a week ago. So it's still holding up. I just put friction polish on it to hopefully keep the, keep it, uh, give it some time to normalize humidity. So I'm telling you, man, try that, it. try the waxing. It's uh it slows down the drying. I haven't had a bowl crack I mean, I've had them crack when they're still on the lathe, but after putting wax on them, they don't seem to crack. Well, I need to go get some uh, um, mineral oil because I don't have any. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, I would have done that. But this friction, I just use that friction polish on this, and I'm sure you don't want to like eat it or anything, but um, I I think just probably any sort of barrier to keep it from Anything to fill the pores so that there's less moisture exchange. Yeah, exactly. So um, Latex paint. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh so yeah i did the the bowl and actually i ordered a i needed some i need some hot files for my forging so i ordered i know there's there's a lot of uh people get very particular on which files are the best you know there's nicholson and simons and Grobay and all these you know, uh fared all these files out there but uh 
I just needed a set for hot work. So I ordered a set of Nicholson's for like 50, 60 bucks. Then I just started turning handles for them. And it's actually a lot of fun. Cool. Well, Will, what you got? Uh, what do I have? Um, well, I finished, I just finished up the Grizzly project for the Grizzly challenge, um, where I made a pair of bedside tables with hidden, not hidden, but a continuous grain apron with a full width apron drawer, uh, with half blind dovetails. Um, the aprons are made out of curly maple, some like pretty crazy curly maple. Uh, the legs are spalted curly Western maple, uh, which is just, it's got a lot going on. Uh, the drawer boxes are Indian rosewood that actually came out of the founder of Grizzly's house that he just tore down. Um, there were actually stair treads in his house. And so that was kind of a cool tie in to take something out of his house and put it in my house. Uh, and then the top, the tops are uh, beeswing babinga. And I somehow forgot to look at a calendar and didn't realize that today was going to be February 1st, which is the launch date for the videos between me, Chris Salamone, and Kyle Toth. Um, it was a collaboration between the three of us to see who could make the coolest thing out of the same types of wood. Um, so th that video will launch later today. And after this podcast, I'm going to get back to editing and do all my voiceover uh, and hopefully meet the deadline. <laughs> uh, then I'm still working on the Live Edge Vanity Cherry Slab project. Um, the clients were kind of back and forth on design and didn't know what they wanted. And so I finally had uh, one of the two of them come out this weekend and just start moving parts around and, you know, just kind of talk it out in person other than, rather than this email and text back and forth with photos. And do you like this? And do you like this? And what about this? Um, so <laughs> uh, going to get started with that, um, finishing that. Uh, also, something that's kind of cool, uh, my dad is working on – my dad's a contractor, uh, and he's working with another contractor right now just filling in some empty space. Um, and they had these Western Cedar uh, – I want to call them – they're decorative braces, like architectural braces that would go – um, almost like a, a corbel, but not really a corbel, but that would go between like a post and a beam um, to support it from racking. And he needed to make a straight cut on it. And he knew that my bandsaw was big enough to handle it. Um, so he had me cut it and then he took it back to the job. And the, uh, the, the contractor in charge of this job was saying that, you know, they pay big, big money for these cedar, uh, faux braces um, and that he would love to buy them locally. So I'm thinking about sourcing some Eastern red cedar um, locally and just batching a bunch out and selling them for 120 bucks a piece. Yeah. I'm looking forward to, yeah. uh, how about you, James? Coming on set. Yeah. That's a, that's a good uh, switchover. I'm, I'm actually coming out to see that here. <laughs> and I'll be at yeah. uh, Will's place on Saturday, Saturday. It's all running together. Yep. I'm actually, yep. as soon as we're done here, I'm going to edit, upload this podcast, and then I am hitting the road for a 14-hour drive out to Philadelphia. Um, and then tomorrow I'm going to um, uh, drive down. I'm going to uh, stop by uh, Sharon Rogers and say hey to him and then drive down to Fredericksburg, Virginia. And on Saturday morning, 
in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm going to be speaking at the Fredericksburg Area Woodworkers Guild, um, and so that should be a fun time. I'm going to speak on how to mess up because people need to know how to mess up. <laughs> but I'm also going to be bringing the spring pole lathe, which is currently up in my car. Uh, so I've had uh, a couple of people like, "Ooh, I'm looking forward to playing with that." So if you want to, if you're if you're anywhere near and you want to come out and play on the spring pole lathe. Uh, Fredericksburg, Virginia, Saturday morning. It uh, should be a fun time. I'm really, I'm really excited to hear your thoughts after speaking uh, at the Fredericksburg area Woodworkers Guild. Um, I'm speaking there in April, uh, and they kind of gave me a topic to pontificate on um, about managing social media with your woodworking and and incorporating media into your your workflow, which um, I am kind of shy about talking about because I'm not nearly an expert on, you know, work-life media balance. Um, I just make pretty things and pretty videos. And um, <laughs> But uh, now I, I've been, I, I've been there once before um, and I've got a, a couple of good friends out that uh, regularly go there and it's a, it's a really cool group. Uh, they're actually one of their goals is to make the Fredericksburg area a destination for woodworkers. And with all the other things around, you know, Williamsburg not being that far away and other um, events and, and people in the area, um, it really is kind of a, a good hub for woodworking in general. So, yeah. But uh, other than that, um, I started work on the uh, the saw vise, which will be my next big build where I'll be going into full detail on that video series as well. Um, that won't be quite as long as the side table. It should only be like uh, six to eight videos, uh, but that should be a, a very interesting build, not furniture, but a saw vise. <laughs> Let's see what else. Oh, uh, this week I also shot, cause I want to, rather than doing a continuous series on that particular build, I'm going to punctuate it with other smaller videos. Um, and so I, I did one video on, telling when the lumber is dry because I brought in these um, slabs from Matt Cremona into my shop and I'm letting them do their finishing drying. So I did a video on, you know, how do I know when to use them? And uh, then I did a video on lubricating your soul. <laughs> yes. Mm. How do you lubricate your soul? Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that should be an enjoyable one. Yeah. So do you use so the, many good like a, dad jokes like a, for that? Yeah. Sounds like a Beatles album. <laughs> all, all joking aside, do you, uh, do you like the Paul Sellers rag in a can? Um, actually, one of the, I'm going to be going about a whole bunch of different methods because I've uh, the last year or so I've been experimenting with different waxes and oils. And uh, for the first year, I used Paul Sellers rag in a can. And the big benefit with that is it's fast. Um, one swipe, you're done. You're back and get going. And if you leave it on your bench top, um, you can just you can swipe and keep going. The, the downside to it is oil rubs off very quickly. Um, you know, a few dozen strokes, and it's hard to feel the the lubrication anymore. Um, the, the other really common one is beeswax. So you get a, a wax crayon, um, or a wax block of anything and you just rub it on the sole and that, um, it takes a little bit longer to, to do it, but it lasts a lot longer and it's a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit smoother. Uh, the downsides to it is number one, it tends to build up on the sole. Um, and if you're not careful, you'll actually have a slightly thicker spot in your sole where there's more beeswax. So the first stroke or two, um, you might have a odd sole bottom. Uh, and the other problem is that it takes longer. So does that, um, so I've also, does that not import, hours, but, uh, impart wax onto your workpiece? Uh, 
to the tiniest amount, but uh, you you never it, not enough that it really matters. And usually at that point, you're taking off material, and so your next stroke is going to take off whatever was last on there. Um, so yeah, it it, I, it does not cause any issue with finishes and things like that. Believe it or not, I actually have a little That's, bit of insight. That doesn't make sense in my form. head, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the the uh, amount um, that is on there is so little that it does not cause any issue, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, uh, not I, uh, enough that any eye or magnifying glass could see. I use um, – now I use like paraffin just because I can mm-hmm. keep a block next to my bench and it's quick and it's always there. But hands down, like the smoothest, best stuff I've ever used is that uh, McQueen's Mutton Tallow. Yeah. That stuff is ridiculous. It's like playing air hockey with your plane, but it it's you have a little canister and you have to unscrew it, and it takes yeah it it takes long enough to where like I'm not gonna do it, but well, it, it is the it is the best I've ever used. I mean, it's it's it feels like your plane is floating. Yeah, I I, I talk uh, actually no, I don't talk about mutton. That that is the traditional method for wooden planes, particularly. Um, and that's that's the reason why a lot of particularly the English uh, wooden hand planes are almost jet black is because of the years of adding mutton to the wood. Um, but uh, the, the method that I currently use is actually using a black, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a box, uh, a block of harder paste wax. Because uh, I did a video a while ago about making paste wax. And so I make a, a wax that is um, two parts beeswax to one part um uh, linseed oil and it, it's soft enough I can leave this block on my bench and just drag the plane, plane across it like I would with, a, with an oil rag so it's that fast um, but it is it still has the wax embedded so it lasts a little longer and uh, that's my, my current method. I think I need to get on the uh, I, I need to start making my own paste wax I seriously like lately I've been going through a can of paste wax like a yeah. week which is insane because Oh, and it's so easy to make too. It's especially when well, you get your own recipe that you really like. And yeah, I just I haven't. I mean, I use it for blackening a lot of the stuff that I forge. And like, I reached out to uh, uh, who is it? Johnson, S-C, S-C, S-C Johnson. Wax. Yeah, S C Johnson. And uh, they're not really interested in in working with me on anything. So I'm like, yeah, I think I'm just gonna make. Yeah, well, S C so S C Johnson's just so they're huge, huge that they're just like. Yeah. You know, you talk to one guy and they're they, like, we're not even going to run this up the flagpole. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the, the, I think they're so big that nobody has to do anything like none of them even probably don't even have an office. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I'd like to make my own and mess around with some different ratios to. Yeah. To see, I, think, uh, I just lo- I love the way paste. I love the way that stuff smells. I know that's really weird. I've been I was using yeah, a lot of paste wax out. last night at uh 10, 10 o'clock at night. Wow, that sounds <laughs> bad. Um, <laughs> uh, no, so my new favorite finish, uh, and the key here is speed. Um, I'm used to working with wiping varnishes and oils and different mixtures, whether it's you know pre-mixed armor seal or whether you're making your own. Um, but because I was against the wall with this Grizzly product project um, and because the, the spalted maple was so as wood starts to spalt, it gets softer and, and wants to suck up anything you put on it. Um, and so to stop that from putting like a million coats of oil on it, um, I did a, uh, a shellac. It's a waxed shellac three pound cut just because that's what the local hardware store had. They didn't have any seal coat or anything. Um, 
uh, coat of that and then uh, paste wax over that, um, rubbing it in the grain with four-aught steel wool and then buffing it out with just a, a cotton rag. Oh, man. Like that beeswing babinga, uh, I was having the hardest time. It's just so – It's so babinga is like 2,400 pounds per – pound feet on the Jankus scale. Um, so that's hard. Plus it has this crazy figure that's just back and forth grain. And no matter how sharp my number four was, like could just couldn't, couldn't get it without any, the least amount of tear out. Um, so I took a card scraper to it, still had some tear out, um, and then did this shellac paste wax buff. And it's amazing. Wait, you had tear out with a card scraper? Yeah. This stuff was crazy. Wow. That's some fun stuff. No, it was not. Uh, yeah, Grizzly my definition, ch- definition of fun is twisted. Uh, no, like I'm used to working with curly white oak and curly hard maple and just things that are prone to tear out. This thing, it's like the grain almost swirls in it. Like it's not just up and down or like back and forth, but it was like turning. So I don't know what this tree looked like, but uh, anyway. So paste wax. So uh, do you guys do you guys want to hit a question or two, or do you want to just yeah, jump sure. into joke of the week or? Uh, yeah, let's hit yeah, a question. We can hit a question or two. Okay. Uh, let's see. Hey, uh, first one was from Jonathan24, one of our most common question peoples. Question peoples? He asks a lot of questions. So thank you for that, Jonathan. <laughs> He's a <an laughs> questionable person. Have you ever used an angle grinder uh, belt with a belt sander attachment? Uh, what could they be used for? Looks like It looks to me like they're only used for grinding small things like that. You know, I've seen those. I've those never, little finger belt sanders. Yeah, I think they'd be. I would imagine they're nice for just getting into smaller areas and stuff. But I've I've never been in a situation where I wished I had one. At least not yet. But I've seen them used for uh, power carving. Um, yeah, and actually getting into tight corners. Um, but the, I think their most common place is, is grinding. We used to use them in our, in our metal shop for getting into the, the tight corners for welds and smoothing out little spots. But yeah. I haven't I haven't used one and I feel like Jonathan is just in the mood to buy some tools. Yes. <laughs> yeah, cuz then his next question is, have you ever used a flex shaft or a rotary tool? Uh and I have I haven't uh I've been wanting one to go I've got a Dremel um and I was just in Lowe's the other day and the the flex shaft attachment was like 20 bucks and I almost bought it and then I was like, "No, be frugal. You don't need that." Um so I'm with you, Jonathan. I, I kind of want one because I'm not a fan of, of rotary tools in general. I think they're underpowered, kind of like a toy. Like they're good for some things, but the way that I use them, either a router or a die grinder would be the way to go. Um, See, that, that's why I have a, a $600 um, four-door flex shaft with a, a four-foot hose. Um, I use that for. I used to use it for jewelry working because uh, I used to uh, do goldsmithing. Oh yeah, and uh, for those, it is it's phenomenal for you know getting into rings and things of that nature. The 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 big big benefit to me of a flex shaft over a, a you know, rotary tool or roto zip um, is that it's it's smaller in the hand. You can hold it like a pin, um, and all of the torque from it is back in the machine, not in your hand. Uh, so it allows you to have far more finer detail in what you're working on, uh, so that you're not you know moving this massive head around. Um, so again, for like power carving and things like that, it would, it would be phenomenal. I actually haven't pulled mine out in years, but uh, yeah, any jewelry, small pieces, 
Um, I've seen people do them on uh, like uh, small figurine carving and things of that nature. They're phenomenal. Much easier than a roto zip. <laughs> um, yeah, let's do joke of the week. And th- this one is a bad one. I have to warn oh, you guys. I haven't heard it yet. This one is this one is a bad one. Uh, so it means it's going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal. What's the best phone number a woodworker could have? Tree, 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 pine, 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 tree, 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 tree. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> We're scraping the bottom of the bucket. So if any of you have any jokes you'd like to add, feel free to send them to us. <laughs> that one was that's, from was Joel Flaggerholt. Fogerholt? Fagerholt or Fogerholt, yeah. No, we talked about him last week, too. So. I know. I, I think he's told us like three or four times how to pronounce his name. I'm sure we're still not doing it right. No. <laughs> but thank you for the joke, Joel. <laughs> uh, so, Will, what are you reading? Uh, I am watching myself edit videos. Uh, I haven't really had any chance to watch anything. I've been, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Pandora lately. Uh, a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, stand-up radio, um, which is always fun. Uh, What's who? Who are your? Uh, who do you like? Who are your favorite uh, stand-up stations or um, comedians right now? So, as far as like the new classics, um, Mike Birbiglia is pretty great. Um, Tom Segura is great, although uh, sometimes a little raunchy, a little over the top. Um, but I actually went and saw him in Richmond and met him after the show. Uh, and we talked about camera gear for a while. Um, and he's actually a really nice guy in person. Um, and then, uh, God, what's his name? Jonathan. Uh, oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Well, oh, we can come back. Yeah, we can come back to it. Um, and then also, um, music wise, I've been listening to a lot of Coulter Wall and Tyler Childers. Yes, I recommended Coulter Wall a while ago. Oh, yeah? Nice. Yeah, he's like the, the, Johnny Cash without trying to be Johnny Cash. He's the Canadian Johnny Cash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's it's one of those guys you just like you're like, how do you have a voice like that? How does that Yeah and he, and he just your- he writes I mean like it's I mean if you think about like Towns Van Zant and just like all the great songwriters that like the unsung, you know, gone too soon songwriters that all the country and western uh singers kind of idolize I mean, he just writes these like, I mean, he writes great like murder ballads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and speak, speaking of which, are you familiar with uh, the uh, Nick Cave album, Murder Ballads? No, I'm not. I know Nick it's Cave. I'm not, not familiar with that yeah. particular album. Yeah, that's, it's a whole album of murder ballads. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. It's great October music. Uh, Fun. That's funny. How about you, James? Uh, what have I been watching? I actually have been watching uh, Minute Physics. It is a channel that I have subscribed to now for probably six or seven years. Um, and originally they were one minute long videos about physics. Now they've grown a little bit to actually describe a little more. They're usually two to three, maybe four minutes long. Um, but they just recently started a series on special relativity and I'm like totally geeking out about this. Um, so anytime where you start getting into, to physics and, uh, uh, spatial math and things of that nature. This is, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> so definitely check out Minute Physics. They, they, their goal is to make uh, physics and things like that 
down to earth so that the average person can easily understand them and, and do a very good job of it. Oh, real quick, just on that note, um, little fun fact about me. When I was in high school, I did an independent study on the physics of skateboarding. Ooh. Yeah. So it was my way of being able to get out of school to go skating and earn a grade for it. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I'd make videos on uh, me and my friends skating, you know, Slow throwing yeah, yeah. But this is back in like, you know, uh, actual video camera days. So the slow motion was pretty, pretty terrible. <laughs> but I'd freeze. Slow motion was 40 frames a second. Yeah, yeah. And so I'd freeze frame and then do, you know, all the physics mumbo jumbo overlay over it. And uh, anyway, so I just thought that was kind of fun. That's cool. Yeah. Well, what you got, Zach? Um, so I actually... I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but I, I talked about like, man, I just like want to see somebody like out in the woods, like building everything with axes and just, and you said, uh, Northman and I checked out that YouTube channel and it is like my new favorite YouTube channel. I love uh, their canoe build. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, that, that is like to the top of the list. They, they build a dugout canoe and the whole time you're looking at this thing and you're thinking, wow, that's a really weird looking canoe. And then about halfway through the video, they start doing things that's like, oh, that is so cool. So I went back, like I always, sometimes this isn't good, but usually when I find a channel, like I'll go back to the very first videos. Like, cause I, if I find something I like, I want to go back to the very beginning and watch all the way through. And uh, sometimes that's a bad idea. Because people's content typically improves, but um, where's where's my thing out here? Uh, so I went back to theirs, and their first videos are amazing. I've only seen three of them because they're like so intense that I only want to watch one a day. It's like <laughs> I really want to, I really want to cherish them. And uh, if you go back to theirs, have you gotten uh, to the house build? No, I've seen. So they have a couple of uh, strange ones that are just like short clips of like this is what it sounds like to this is what Damascus sounds like when you hit it, and it's like a 40 second clip um so those don't count but they're they're uh they're tool making videos like the first one is the it's kind of strange it says the birth of a tool part two which is their first video no part one um well it is but it's after part two which makes no sense but it doesn't really matter so like the first one i watch is like the chisel making video and then they have one where they make an axe and they have one where they make a damascus steel knife that's where i'm at right now but it's just like i don't typically care a whole lot about cinematography and stuff. I mean, but there's a certain level, like when you, when it is, when it crosses a certain threshold of quality, it's, it's, it's incredible. And like the cinematography and everything on, on their, their videos is just incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's and out and out in like the snowy woods and it's just, it's like the life I want for myself. It's my, my dream life is to be one you of You broke guys. my heart a little bit when you said you don't care about cinematography. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I've, I've said, I've said it before. Um, you're, you're one of my favorites for that reason, but I don't know. I feel like not that, I mean, it's just, it's not one of my, the primary things I look for in videos. I'm usually looking to see like, I don't know, but there are there are a few exceptions and uh will you're certainly up there i've, oh, I've said shucks. that before thank you well do you have a favorite tool of the week zach or should i move on to will first i do and i don't have a link to it because it doesn't matter <laughs> um so my tool of the week is the 90 degree needle nose pliers uh the the pair that i have is i have a snap a pair from back when i was a mechanic uh snap on 
but it's, I mean, it's needle nose pliers. It doesn't have to be snap on, but they're, uh, God, I don't know. They're probably about 12 inches long. And at the end they curve 90 degrees. And it's one of those tools that you would, you wouldn't look at and think, wow, that's useful. But I use it all the time for so many different tasks, uh, especially forging and stuff. Uh, you can just get into places and they're they the, the ones with the long so handle useful. and the fulcrum is close to the head. Um, or is there the fulcrum I mean, about halfway? I, yeah. Well, more than halfway. It's, it's closer to the head. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't you can think still get some pressure on, but still have your hand a ways away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it, they're just super useful. Um, you just, just next time you see a set, pick them up and keep them in sight and you'll be, you'll be amazed at how often you will use it's, Definitely one of probably one of my most used tools. Sweet, just strange. What about you, Will? Uh, my favorite tool this week is either my Live Edge marking gauge that I made a couple weeks ago um, because I've been laying out a lot of mortise and tenons and dovetails and stuff like that. Um, uh, but probably my quarter inch Stanley Sweetheart socket chisel. Um, I'm doing. I made. Uh, bunch of uh, half blind and and through dovetails and cleaning out the waste in between like the tails at the the tip um, the quarter inch I kept tr- trying to go up to a bigger chisel but uh, you know I would run into space constraints and so I just kept with the quarter inch and um, probably my best dovetails I've ever done yeah Sweet. Looking yeah, video them. out today. <laughs> oh, you don't see them in person on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, for me, um, I'm going to go with Fusion 360. Um, I am an AutoCAD man to the core. Um, I've been well, I've been drafting with AutoCAD since like 2002. Um, and then I around to, uh, 2004, 2005, somewhere in that range, um, SketchUp came out. And I moved to SketchUp for my for my quick 3D uh, things because that was very common for theater work. Um, and I, I have been using SketchUp for most of my drawings and plans. But uh, with SketchUp 2008, they're no longer offering a free version. So if you want the free version, you have to stay with uh, 2017. Um, they may change it in the future, but it looks like they're phasing out the free SketchUp um, other, or, or pushing everyone towards the online version, which is very limited. Um, so I'm, I think I'm going to be changing all of my plans to Fusion 360 as opposed to SketchUp. Um, Fusion 360 allows you to do a lot, lot more than SketchUp ever could. Uh, so I have to say that is my, my favorite tool of the week is uh, Fusion 360 free and far more useful. Um, so as long as we can get enough woodworkers who are willing to dive into that as opposed to SketchUp, it should be a uh, a great useful tool for plans. Cool. Well, uh, you've well, it's only been like what, 35 minutes, so you haven't actually wasted an entire hour. So I hope you're happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to say a huge thank you to our patrons on Patreon. Uh, we will be. Uh, we actually need to talk about that here soon and uh, revamp a few things on that. So we'll have some news coming out with that uh, with Patreon. And uh, so thank you for that. Uh, that's about it for this week. If you'd like to join us uh, live, you can do so on the Crafted Podcast on YouTube. And uh, feel free to pick that up whenever you are available. Until next time, have a wonderful day. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thanks again for listening to The Creators Collective. We publish weekly on Thursdays in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can follow us on social media pages everywhere at Creators Collective. We're also live streaming every week on Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. 
Just look up the YouTube channel to join in on the fun of the live chat and get your questions answered live. And until next time, keep on creating.